Tonight's reading from Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20. That night there were shepherds laying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Then the angels had returned to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and saw Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Good evening, everyone. It is so nice to have you here. We're putting the wrapping paper on our series. (laughs) Come on, that was good. Putting a little wrapping paper on our series. This is it. Um, You know, who needs Christmas? And we're wrapping it up with um, Christmas is personal. I don't know about you, but I love the Christmas season. Uh, I knew the choir was wearing red, green, or, or uh, black and red, or whatever. And I, I said I was going to wear this. It's the only red shirt I have, so uh, you got what I had. So anyway, <laughs> we, I, I, Christmas time is just an exciting time, isn't it? There's so much going on. And people actually have like a, a more tenderness about them, I think, this time of year. And uh, it, it's more, uh, it's just a time where we care and support and kind of love one another, as we, as we look and as we just heard this wonderful Christmas story, just, just a small piece of the Christmas story, it is a powerful story about Christ's redemption for us and how that our faith in Christmas and in the Christmas story can change our lives. It changes us. It makes us different. It makes us new. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, and his story, it, it changes our lives and makes us different. You know, sometimes I think as Christians, we, we treat Christmas a little bit like Santa Claus. You know, we think he's up there in heaven looking down and checking to see if we're naughty or nice. Um, <clears throat> but that's not the case. Jesus loves us and cares about us. I was thinking the other day of some of the similarities between... Um, Santa Claus and Jesus. I know. I think weird that way. (laughs) But Santa brings gifts. Jesus is the gift. 
Santa delivers everything in one night. And Jesus changes our lives day by day, moment by moment. He can deliver us from whatever bondage we have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. Santa wears a red suit. Jesus was wrapped in strips of cloth and lied in a manger. Santa builds toys. Jesus changes our lives and blesses us beyond all measure with eternity. Santa lives in the North Pole. And if you put your faith in Jesus, he lives in your heart through the power of his spirit. The Christmas story can change our lives. And the reason I know that is because I've just read this passage. And if you look at these shepherds and their lives, they were transformed one night. As good as Santa Claus. They were changed. Their lives were never the same from that moment on. <clears throat> the Christmas story has no economic restrictions. It's not the rich, it's not the wealthy. Jesus didn't come for them. As a matter of fact, he teaches a little differently, as we'll see. But shepherds were considered the poorest of poor, the outcasts of the community. They were rarely clean. They couldn't go to the temple often because they were considered dirty, unclean people. They, they were the poorest many times in the community. And um, they were often ridiculed and mocked and made fun of. Isn't it interesting, though, that out of the lineage of Jesus comes a king? His name is David. And if you know the story, David was a shepherd boy. And so we see that the power that, G that God has and the love that he has for the poor. And it is the shepherd boy in Jesus in the story uh, in the story of uh, King David's anointing that is so very special. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge him by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. See, it's not how wealthy we are. It's not the way we dress. It's not the way we look. It's our heart that matters to him. It's our heart that means so important in what comes to be so important to Christ. One of the key phrases in, that we've been reading over and over this Christmas series is Matthew one twenty one, And in Matthew one twenty one it says, And she will have a son and you, will, you, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, all throughout history, there's been many, many names for God. You know? There's uh, all, all sorts of names. Jehovah uh, Ishi, which means God, my salvation. Jehovah Rapha which is God my healer, Jehovah Shalom, which is God of my peace. There is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. 
<laughs> all these are names for God, and so all these Jewish people knew that God was, he couldn't even be explained in one word. He was all these things. But Jesus had come to be their Savior and God the Messiah, the Savior of the world. See, money was never the issue with Jesus. Jesus, in his ministry on earth, shared the importance of caring for the orphans and widows. He stressed it. I think, uh, now listen, I'm no theologian. But I think he cared about the widows and orphans because I think his mom was a widow at a pretty young age. I can't prove it, but I know after the age of 12, we never read of Joseph again. So I think he had a natural bent toward widows and orphans because he may have experienced that himself. He knew how desperate and how lonely and how lowly widows were. They were the most helpless people. And so Jesus says they are the ones we are to care for. Operation Backpack, Seeds of Promise, they are ministries to the poor. And we can get behind that because that's what Jesus' heart is all about. He didn't come for the wealthiest. He didn't come for the best dressed. He didn't even come for the prettiest. He came for everyone. And I think he had a special heart for those that were poor. Acts, Acts 4 verse 12 says this. There is salvation in no other one else. God has given no other name under heaven and the earth by which you must be saved. No other place where we can go to find salvation other than the manger. Not by our good works, not by our abilities, talents, treasures, nothing. It is only through our heart for God and especially for Jesus. Now when we continue to to believe and put our faith in the Christian story, it impacts our lives. It, it transforms our lives. It, and if, we see, if we look at the shepherds, it says, uh, it says this to them in verse 16. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. In verse 15 it says, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see these things that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, it changes us. We are called to action. Christians cannot be bench warmers. We can't sit there and just say someone else is going to do it. All of us have a call. All of us have a, 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 an ability, a gift to use. And they say, let's go. These were shepherd boys, for, for goodness sake. They, they, were, they were ridiculed and made fun of most of their lives, you know. And immediately say, let's go. Let's go and do something. And so what do they do? They begin the process of seeking the Savior. I don't know where you are on your journey, but we all 
are in different places. Some of you may still be seeking. But let me give you this verse in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says this, that if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Another way to simply say it is, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I can just see these shepherds going through the town, one by one, looking in houses. I'm sure people thought they were crazy. They were looking in windows, looking in doorways, looking every place they could, and then all of a sudden, they find, immediately they find this baby. And when they met him, their lives changed. From that moment on, their lives were transformed. Their lives were changed. They automatically and almost very quickly and rapidly became believable to people. It says they told the story about the angels. And the response of the people was amazing. They were amazed. They were astonished. When, 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 when we let Jesus truly impact our lives, it will astonish those around us. They will say, what in the world has happened? Christ has impacted their lives. And you know that attractiveness? It, it, it's attractive when people's lives are changed by Christ. It's just something you go, whoa, what has happened to them? You know, you, you read the story of Matthew in the New Testament. Nat, Matthew, a nasty tax collector. Nasty tax collector. And, and his life is transformed because he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, it changed him. People were astonished. You know, I think in our lives, it's hard for us to sometimes share what Christ has done in our lives. It's easy for us, it's easy for us to say, hey, I went to this restaurant the other day. It was unbelievable. It was just the greatest thing. It was the best food I've ever had. But we're a little reluctant when it comes to saying, you know... I was reading in the scripture today and, and I heard God speak to my heart. I heard him speak to me. And this is what he said. We're a little reluctant. But the shepherds weren't. <laughs> they went through town. I, after they met Jesus, they went through town. And they were just blasting it everywhere. They were blasting it everywhere. And, and, and it was part of their way. It's like the people were astonished by the things they were saying. Here these unlearned shepherds met angels in a field and they told their story and people were astonished. And I, I look at us and I know this is just, this is just my personal opinion. And you can take it for what it is. But I think as a church, we need this blast of testimony. I think one of the ways that we can do that, and this is again just my opinion, the North Campus. If we can make that thing happen, 
our testimony in the community will be, this is a church that cares about us. This is a church that cares for its community. And then we will have the opportunity to share the story. Just like the shepherds. And the story, the Christmas story doesn't stop there. I want to begin right now by saying thank you to the choir. It was wonderful. I wish this place was packed. And it's probably my fault. I didn't publicize it enough or push it enough and that's on me. If you're willing to do this again next year, I will get this place back. We'll do something. I'll give five bucks for every person that comes or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'll pay people to be here. But people aren't here missed it. They missed these wonderful carols and the words that you sang. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. See, the Christmas story should move us to worship. And you took us there tonight. And, and I was sitting down front and singing these hymns, and I'm going, those words are powerful. Are people actually listening, or have they come so rote and mundane that they, these words are powerful? I love Christmas. I guess you can tell. B101 on November 1st, started playing Christmas music. It became my select button on my radio. November 1st. I love playing it in my car. And we know that Santa is cool and everything. But the story of salvation through a baby is miraculous. He is the gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's like Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> and for those of you who know, that's a reference to Christmas, National Lampoon's Christmas. You probably shouldn't watch that, but it's funny. <laughs> no, you should watch it. It's very funny, actually. But Jesus is the one that keeps on giving. And worship is that immediate response to the life change that takes place in our hearts. We immediately want to worship Him. So how do we do that? In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. When you think about the sacrifice that He gave for us, Jesus leaving the splendor of heaven and coming to this earth to be born in a mere manger, in a stable. He was the creator of the universe and he came. Because of all those things, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. That is us. 
the kind he will find acceptable. This is the truly way to worship. So brothers and sisters, this is the way we do that. And then don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Jesus is that gift. When we experience Jesus, we want to be drawn into his very presence. We aren't afraid to sacrifice because he sacrificed. And it moves us to worship, to praise him. And that experience changes our lives forever. After seeing Jesus, it says in verse 17, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. What the angels had said to them and the child and the, all the shepherds, all the people that heard were astonished. And then here's the, here's the, here's the, send it home. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying, praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just like The angels told them. Jesus will change your life and Christmas will never be the same. Who needs Christmas? We do. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful story of Christmas. Thank you for the shepherds. We ask that you'll help us to put our faith in you and believe in you. And by doing so, Lord, we our lives change. And when our lives change, Lord, we worship. Our natural response is to worship you. Help us this Christmas to yield to you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Gill, and uh, for your message today. As the ushers are preparing themselves, uh, we prepare ourselves to give unto the Lord our gifts of our tithes and our offerings. As a reminder, uh, only tomorrow, one, 9 o'clock in the morning for one worship service, uh, being, also being led by the, the choir. Please give them a round of applause. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And then we come with our Christmas Eve, Eve 5 and 7, and then Christmas Eve services at 357 uh, here, and then 11 o'clock over in the chapel area. Uh, more candlelight, and we're so looking forward to the opportunity of being here. So when the ushers, please come forward and uh, receive the uh, offering. At the time, we're also going to have the choir being able to uh, lead us in the song. <laughs>